Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. And welcome to your April Fool's edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. No fool here for April Fool's, April 1st. I hope everybody's enjoying uh, their time and staying healthy and staying safe. You got to find the positive in this whole pandemic and at least for me, locking the kids in the house. Uh, there'll be a day when I would hope that, uh, or I would wish that I could have that time back. So got to enjoy your family at this time. And again, everybody stay safe and uh, wash your hands. That's the, the message that I'm hearing. And hopefully we can get this game back on the ice and get our country, our world back in under control and things uh, moving in the right direction. Hopefully we know that that's going to happen soon. Player profiles continue tonight. And we had to call an audible. It was going to be the night of Carter Hart. That will be coming up likely on Monday. Uh, did have a chance to pull James Van Riemsdyk in for an interview for this episode of Flyers Daily. So we'll talk to him momentarily. And this is his player profile uh, for James Van Riemsdyk, his second year back with the Philadelphia Flyers, having a pretty good season, really adjusted nicely to Elaine Vigneault's system. We'll get into the particulars on James in just a second. But also in this episode, we're going to feature an interview I uh, was able to capture with Tanner Lashinsky just a couple days ago. Of course, he, along with Wyatt Wiley and uh, Wade Allison, just signed entry-level Level contracts with the Flyers. Uh, I talked to Wyatt Wiley as well. We'll feature that episode coming up on Friday. And uh, we'll f- also uh, give you the Wade Allison interview coming up on Monday. So uh, Chuck Fletcher getting work done. We talked to him about that on Monday. If you missed the Chuck Fletcher interview, that's on Flyers Fix. And you can go back and listen to that. That's there for you as well, including all of these player profiles as well. Any that you miss, you can go back and listen to. They'll all be there in your sub- in your feed or iTunes or whatever you decide to use on prior episodes. And we'll go all the way through the roster as well. Matt Niskanen is coming up on Friday. Uh, so coming up in just a little bit, Tanner Lashinsky and James Van Riemsdyk, his player profile right now. Now, he's played 66 games this year, played 66 all the year prior. And in uh, 2018-19, 27 goals, 21 assists, 48 points in 66 games. And thus far in the 2019-20 season, 66, goal, 66 games, 19 goals, 21 assists, 40 points. Difference here, though, is minus 10 last year plus five this year. He's been a much better defensive player, in particular in the neutral zone. And they're also noticed a little bit more physicality to James's game this year. I'm not sure if that was by design, but there was a couple of occasions this season and I had a chance to speak to him after a period where he was particularly perturbed and and really kind of initiating contact, which is never, for a bigger guy, that's never really been his game. Uh, but he certainly is uh, asserting himself that way a lot more. Now, of course, we know that James has never signed a contract with another NHL team besides the Philadelphia Flyers. He signed his uh, uh, original deal way back uh, with the Flyers, that long deal that took him all the way through to free agency as a member after six years with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then that offseason two years ago, signed with the Flyers for the 2018-19 season, a five-year deal, $7 million AAV, $35 million in total, and he will remain with the Philadelphia Flyers for three years beyond this one. One of the things about JVR's season this year is if you go back to the beginning of the year, there was probably no member of the Flyers team that was having more scoring chances than James. He wasn't converting at the time. Uh, but the process was right. He was getting good chances. Um, and I remember at one point, his, his, his scoring percentage was uh, low in the single digits, around 4 or 5%. Now he's all the way up to 12.6%. Last year, he had a 16.2 scoring percentage and over his career, 11.9. So he's above his career average right now. And he's a guy that uh, uh, can score 30 goals in a season, has done it many times. 
uh, for his six years in Toronto, averaged 30 and a half goals per 82. Um, so he's a guy that can score in this league, and he's a guy that can really pay you big dividends in the NHL playoffs. But let's get right to him. Let's get to James Van Riemsdyk. Had a chance to catch up with him. Here's my conversation with JVR. And joining us right now on Flyers Daily, happy to have him. He's the player rep for the Philadelphia Flyers, the NHLPA. Uh, James Van Riemsdyk joins us as we go through his season so far on player profiles. James, have you watched Tiger King yet? I have. I just finished it uh, a couple nights ago, and that was uh, that was something. So that was uh, I, I I was probably a little bit later to the boat on that than most. Like I, I had a few people telling me about it early on, and then and then all of a sudden everyone's talking about it, and you see the memes, and you're like, okay, well, how crazy could this possibly be? And it it even exceeded my high or crazy expectations for it. So that was uh, that was nuts. Uh, you can't unsee it, first of all. And the, th- the other thing, when uh, spoiler alert here real quick, when one of his employees gets his arm bit off, or her arm bit off, he goes and yeah. throws on an EMS jacket. <laughs> like he's a paramedic. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> I Absolute that beauty. Detail, but, I could, but I think it might even be crazier that, she, that, uh, that that employee was, like, back at work, like, maybe, like, two days later. Yeah. So, like, that was, like, pretty much – that's commitment to the, to the brand right there. That was, uh, that was pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, how's it been for you dealing with uh, the COVID-19 pandemic? I, I know you're back in Minnesota now and uh, in the confines of your home, which I, which I understand is not even finished yet. Are, are you dealing with construction at the same time, or uh, how's everything been for you? Yeah, you know what? Again, I'm probably uh, in the same boat as um, as people in the sense like everyone's kind of just has the same sort of uncertainty over their over uh, their heads as far as what's going on and stuff like that. And um, again, just trying to do different things to support the community out here as well as in uh, in Philadelphia. But uh, but yeah, certainly uh, again, uh, you're trying to find things to do and fill the day with that. So. Um, yeah, as far as that, like uh, we're actually at at my in laws. We're in their uh, in their basement, living right now while the house is uh, being uh, finished up, and that should be done in the next couple months here. But uh, but yeah, I mean, certainly uh, again, catching up on a lot of things that I maybe over the course of the season that you don't get to do, and watching some different shows and stuff like that, and um, yeah, just trying to find different things to do to to stay busy. As the player rep, um, and you do a lot of communicating with the league. Um, is the message to players now, and has this been told to you, or are you translating this message to the, to the guys on your team that, you know, treat this like an offseason right now? Because should the, the situation change, we may be playing a lot of hockey over a good stretch of time. Yeah, you know, and I think, again, it's, it's tough to really, uh, like, I feel like we're kind of running in place right now in the sense of, like, things get adjusted almost in, like, these two-week increments. Um, and, and news can kind of change daily and weekly, it seems like, uh, sometimes here. So we're trying to keep a gauge on that and trying to, again, do, do the proper things to keep yourself ready, but also trying to take advantage of the time to, to let yourself recover and, and that sort of sense. So it's trying to strike that good balance of that. So, uh, so that when things, uh, eventually do get going again, that uh, you're ready to go. And obviously no one really knows there has any clear guesses as to when that might be. So we're just trying to make the best of it as we can. Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. And speaking of million-dollar questions, um, I know that you, the players want to finish out this season. They want to hand out a Stanley Cup. You hate to play 69, 70, 71 games and not get to hand out the Cup. Uh, the league seems equally as uh, eager to do so. Bill Daly, the deputy commissioner, has spoken out on that. So has Gary Bettman. Um, and I know everybody wants to get the hockey-related revenue in there as well for obvious reasons, escrow for you guys, and a lot of different reasons, the pay scale and that kind of stuff. Um, if 
how how far can this be pushed? Can can you guys play playoffs in August and September, and then have a month off, really, at least for the Cup final teams to turn it around and start another eighty two? Yeah, you know, and I, again, it's all going to come down to obviously that, like you mentioned, like what that the time frame and how much time we have to potentially do different things and play different uh, scenarios out. And ultimately, again, there's lots of things I'm sure being thrown around right now um, within the league and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're trying to think of different options and keep a bunch of different things on the table. But as far as like clarity and how that goes, like, I think they'll, they probably have better answer to those questions right now than, than we do as, uh, as players. And I'm sure in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a better idea of what that might look like. Um, down the road and to, to one of these different how when, when is the drop debt date on uh on on seasons or when we can when we can as late what's the latest we could start next season before it starts that starts getting affected as well in that sense so you're trying to like manage both of those things obviously um so yeah at this point i think there's just too many unknowns to really have a good answer for that but uh i, I mean again it's it's going to lead to some interesting uh decisions uh to say the least yeah, scenarios A through Z up until this date, then it's D through Z, and you know you start knocking them out yeah. that way. Uh, James, has yeah. there been any uh, conversations in regards using maybe this pause as an opportunity for Donald Fear and you know the league uh, brass to to work on a new CBA? Yeah, you know I think again that's something that uh, I, I think informally I think. Obviously, again, everyone knows the, the time frame of different things. And obviously with the last year, uh, in, within the last year, the players uh, voted on um, just playing out the, the remaining years on the CBA to, to just keep some labor peace going along. And obviously there's been some informal discussions uh, between uh, Don and Gary. So I think, again, I'm sure they're, they're in contact about obviously a lot more pressing issues right now in regards to the um, health and safety of uh, everyone involved and uh, as players and families and our fans and the staff and stuff like that. But uh, I'm sure they're at some point they'll, they'll, they'll uh, start talking um, a little bit more in depth about uh, things related uh, to the CBA. Let's talk about your uh, season so far um, under Elaine Vigneault, uh, you know, under a new coaching staff, a completely new staff, a new way of doing things. Sometimes it takes a little time to get adjusted uh, you guys as a team certainly have done that and really have uh, excelled in your play of the last really four or five months uh, outside of that first month of the season when so much travel was involved as well. Uh, your team play has been great. Your game has really come around as well. How are you feeling right now to this point in the season, at least prior to the injury? And we'll talk about the injury after. Yeah, you know what, again, like you said, like the team, uh, one thing I always kind of felt about our whole season is we've been really consistent and kind of just our level of play. Like maybe we haven't, always gotten the, the results or been where we wanted to in the standings, but I feel like we played fairly consistently and kind of been hovering right around that playoff spot. And obviously, again, we've had a nice little, we had a nice little win streak uh, going into the, this, um, this kind of uh, quarantine that we're under now. So it's, uh, that's obviously unfortunate to kind of halt some of that momentum, but certainly it seems like as the year's gone on, we've gotten better. And um yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun uh, coming to the rink uh, in that sense, that environment. So uh, hopefully, we get a chance to try to continue uh, some of that uh, some of that uh, good momentum that we had. You guys feel like there's a lot of unfinished business, don't you? Yeah, for sure. I think again, like just with the with the way the whole year has been going for us, and just kind of the the, the kind of the strides that we've taken and the consistency that we've shown, and just how we've 
kind of, again, kind of raise the bar for ourselves. I think obviously we all want to see it through and see where we can go as a team. So obviously these are unique uh, circumstances and a unique situation for everyone involved, but uh, ultimately we want to want to see what uh, the rest of this year can bring. So obviously uh, at this point, um, some of that stuff uh, in the sense of the legit, the specifics of that is on the back burner as we kind of uh, in along with everyone else, you try to, again, we're putting these other things out everyone's uh, health and safety is first and foremost of importance. So obviously we're just trying to take care of that. And hopefully uh, if, if everyone's kind of living by those different guidelines put in place by the governments that, um, that things kind of, uh, we can, we're able to progress past this, uh, past this in a, in a good way and in a timely way. And uh, we can kind of go from there and pick up where we left off. And, and speaking with Chuck Fletcher on Monday, uh, I brought you up in particular because you're a guy who is very diligent about how you take care of your body. Uh, I, I know you bring certain stuff for your back on the road. I mean, you, you I think you monitor probably everything that goes in uh, to your body because for you to pay at a peak performance, you're a guy that has to do that, those kind of things and you're diligent about it. Um, teams are going to come out of this break and some of them are not going to be able to pick up. You guys got a good veteran core of players that really want to accomplish something special in the team game you guys have all accomplished great things numbers wise through your career um but what is, what is it going to be for you guys if we do come out and and the league gets back underway how do you mitigate uh you know this layoff and make it so that it can be a positive you're not missing any team games right now that's a good thing for you yeah no for sure obviously if in my situation uh, just getting a chance to heal and not have that kind of that uh that time frame um sort of around it in the sense of having something in particular that you need to make it back for. It gives you some time to maybe heal a little bit more fully and be a little bit more comfortable. I mean, obviously again, each individual guy is going to have their approach to what they feel like is going to help them uh, come back and uh, be ready to play uh, the best they can. I mean, for me, this is something I, again, I've, I love finding different things to, to try to do to, again, maybe, give yourself a little bit of an edge and that stuff. And I love uh, learning new things and trying new things to try to help my game continue to evolve and get better over the years. So, uh, so certainly again, there's stuff that you try to do to stay in uh stay in a routine and keep yourself ready to go as, as best you can. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure again, everyone's got their own way that they're going to try to do that. And for me, it's uh, again, that the, the challenge of that is, um, is definitely uh, again, looking at it as an, more of an opportunity than a, than a setback in the sense of now there's time to do different things to, to really be uh, as prepared as you can be for, uh, for the most exciting time of hockey, which is the stretch run in the playoffs. Two more questions for you, James. Um, your first season in the NHL was 2009-10. You remember that playoff run. It was pretty special. You scored a big goal in that game seven against Boston as I watched the other night because uh, we're watching hockey from years ago right now, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> So you ended that decade and started a new one with a run to the cup. Uh, you're ending this, you end the 2019 season or NHL portion of the season and the 2020. Does the cup get handed out this year? Are you an optimist in that regard? Um, you know, do, do you think that this does get under control? I know you're not a medical expert, but yeah. uh, you, you certainly know more than the average person about how far the, will, the league is willing to push the, the boundaries of, of getting that cup in somebody's hand and having them hoist it. Yeah, you know, I think again, obviously, uh, there's so many factors that are that are going to be involved in this. I think obviously uh, the league and everyone involved wants to, wants to be able to say there's a champion this year, but uh, but ultimately that's not going to be done at the expense of 
health and safety of, of the players and the, the staffs and the fans and, and society in general. So I think, uh, obviously, again, lots of these things are kind of outside of uh, people's control. We could, we're going to stay optimistic and hope we can figure out a way to find a solution for this. But ultimately, there's stuff that, uh, again, we're going we're gonna to also do the right thing when it comes to the different protocols in place and the different things that we can do to help uh, mitigate uh, the spread of this. Because again, obviously it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an issue that's, it's, it's, again, there's people's lives at stake. So when you look at it that way, again, it kind of puts some things in perspective for all of us. Uh, that being said, obviously, uh, again, like I mentioned, like everyone has uh, wants to, wants to make sure we can find a way to, to get that done and have a Stanley cup champion this year. And uh, hopefully we can, find a solution that uh that 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 we're able to get that done with well very well said um and the last thing for you uh we talked about tiger king off the hop do you have any other shows that uh you can recommend to people <laughs> to binge are you on ozark season three yeah, or? yeah i just finished the uh, ozark season three last night that was jason bateman he's becoming probably one of my favorite actors i <laughs> watched a few shows with him i watched the outsider he was in also as an hbo one that was really good uh i've got homeland the, the final season of that going a bit yeah i'm on that's a good one uh, yeah so i'm, I'm i kind of like those more thriller-ish uh type of shows like that um that's kind of my genre that i generally generally lean towards but those are some of the ones that i uh that i really liked and i just watched actually that adam sandler movie the other day the um uncut gems i thought that one was really good too so oh, okay so yeah, there's a couple a couple that i've been trying to keep up with and watch but uh Certainly, if people have recommendations, hopefully they can let me know because the, the, my list is starting to starting to dwindle a little bit with all this time we have. So uh, hopefully, I can find some more ones uh, to watch. No, oh, I'll tell you, the English cop shows like Marcella and Broadchurch are phenomenal. Give those a shot. Broadchurch, and, I've seen. Yep, I yeah, I've seen Marcella. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's a good one. That's a real good one. And good bad movie for you, Den of Thieves with Gerard Butler. <laughs> Den of Thieves, Gerard Butler. Okay, okay, I'll throw it's a heist that. movie. You know. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, James, hey, I appreciate you doing this, man. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We look forward to getting the game back on the ice, as I know you do, and and Flyer fans. And there's a lot of pent-up demand for hockey right now. Thanks for doing this, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah, special thanks to James Van Riemsdyk for joining us here on his player profile episode of Flyers Daily. And great to talk to him as the uh, player rep for the team. Great insight on, you know, how uh, the league's going to try and handle this situation when – uh, hopefully it warrants they can come back and we'll see how that plays out and what the timetable is from that. And I kind of like it, and I ca- I've said this a few times, where the league has probably got one of those big dry erase board calendars on the wall, and every scenario, A through Z, is available right now that they have if they were to start within, say, a month of now, which is not going to happen, as we know. And as the dates click further and further along, probably in week increments, okay, if we have to move back to this date, then A through C goes away and everything else is still on the table. And then you have all these different uh, markers on the calendar that will decide what the options are at that time. And when they get the all clear, if they get the all clear, then they'll look at those options that are available and they'll figure out what the best one is in conjunction with the NHLPA and the league and the owners, and they'll figure out exactly what to do. My guess is if they do come back, it is going to be a 2014 playoff field. Uh, if If time permits and it doesn't go too late, um, that way, teams that were on the bubble will have a chance to, to at least play their way in to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Time now, though, for my conversation with Tanner Lashinsky. Signed that entry-level contract after four years playing for the Ohio State University. 
And here's Tanner joining me just a couple of days ago. And welcome right now to the Flyers Daily Podcast. Tanner Lasinski, who just signed his contract with the Philadelphia Flyers. Tanner, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm excited to uh, be a part of the organization. And, uh, you know, it's uh, definitely a dream come true. It kind of comes at a weird time, obviously, with everything going on. Uh, to be able to get it done, even despite the pandemics, got to feel pretty good. Maybe some kind of sense of uh, normalcy for you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, it's a weird time going on in our nation right now and across the world. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, to uh, do this during that time is uh, obviously, uh, you know, kind of a light in the dark, I'd like to say. Um, you know, it's uh, definitely a step in the right direction for me. And uh, like I said, I'm just excited to uh, be a part of the organization right now. Uh, you played four years of collegiate hockey at uh, Ohio State. You had a real successful career there. Um, why was it important for you to finish all four years at Ohio State? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, obviously a development standpoint at Ohio State. You know, um, you know, a lot of people were telling me, um, you know, I could have left after uh, sophomore year, junior year and stuff. But uh, for me, the biggest thing was uh, just to get, get my education over with and um, get my degree um, so I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, going back, taking classes in the summer or, um, you know, trying to squeeze in a uh, semester's worth of uh, classes uh, throughout the year. Um, this way I can just focus on, you know, strictly hockey and uh, that be, you know, my main job. What is what is your degree and what's the fallback uh, for when your, your hockey playing days are over, hopefully a long time down the road? Uh, so I'm a sports management uh, major. Okay, so so maybe uh, running an NHL team after a nice long career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Well, it's a good a good plan for sure. Um, Tanner, let's talk about the over the years of uh, being in the USHL, uh, the route that you chose. Did you have options to to go and play junior? Um, and why was the USHL and eventually collegiate hockey and certainly Big Ten hockey at Ohio State the the right move for you? Yeah, obviously. Uh... You know, I was fortunate enough to uh, get drafted by the Chicago Steelers, you know, nice and close to home. Um, you know, I was able to live at home for uh, a good portion um, of that time. And then uh, I, d- I never really got the chance to, uh, you know, go the major junior route. And um, Honestly, I don't think I would have uh, chosen that if I did have the chance. Um, you know, I, my family was pretty, uh, pretty persistent on me going to college and uh, me as well. So. Um, I think uh, my choice as far as going to the USHL and, you know, going to Ohio State, I think, uh, you know, overall that was probably the, uh, if not, you know, most perfect route for me, Um, you know, and, you know, I got no regrets there. So, Talk about your collegiate experience, not just playing collegiately, but just the, you know, going to a school like Ohio State, I went to Penn State, so, you know, football is huge, collegiate, it's a big school, great facilities. But just talk about, you know, your experience as as an academic student at Ohio State and what that was like for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, coming in freshman year, it's, you know, something completely different than what you're used to. Um, it's, you know, truly a whirlwind. Uh, you know, you're coming from juniors, maybe a year off school, and then, you know, you're diving right back into school and not only a school, but just, you know, Ohio State, you know, it's very overwhelming to start. Um but uh, they do a great job here. Um, you know, they got, uh, you know, everything you need. Uh, you know, they got academic counselors, tutors, uh, nutritionists, you know, anything and everything you could possibly want, um, you know, they have. And I think that's one of the biggest, uh, you know, resources and utilities that they have. 
that other schools, uh, you know, might lack just because, uh, you know, they're a smaller school or, you know, they don't have the, uh, you know, the money for it. But, uh, you know, as a hockey program here, you know, we might not be the biggest program here, obviously with football and basketball being overshadowed there. But, um, you know, we still get all these resources because of the income that we get throughout the university. Um, and, you know, the last four years has definitely been an uptick in, you know, attendance at uh, hockey games. And I think that's been awesome to see. And that just uh, goes to show the kind of culture that's been here the past, you know, four to five years. Yeah, no question about it. Let's talk about your decision to sign that contract because you had a decision to make, despite the fact that you were drafted by the Flyers in the sixth round back in the 2016 draft. But you had a decision by August 15th to make. Um, I know that the Flyers and Brent Flair and, and previous regime were in contact with you and your coaching staff quite a bit. What was the difference and, and made you make the decision to put pen to paper? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm, I've had a great re- relationship with uh, Philadelphia here, you know, the past four years. And, um, you know, they've been, you know, along my journey throughout my college career. I um, mean, you know, they've seen me develop um, into the player I have. And uh, I think that's, you know, the main thing for me is, you know, I have that, uh, you know, kind of connection with Philadelphia. And, you know, I have so much respect for their program and their, you know, you know, I talk to their development staff, you know, quite frequently. And, you know, I have connections with certain people and, uh, you know, specific players. And um, I think it's just kind of a, I think that's just the perfect fit for me personally. I think, you know, moving forward on my career, I think that's where I saw myself thriving. Uh, talk about, you know, coming in for development camps and then trying to go back into into your Ohio State season and, and working on the things that they wanted you to work on. What are some of those things? And were you successful in kind of taking your game to the next level to make you more ready for pro come fall? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, I think one of the bigger things was definitely, I mean, skating. Um, you know, I've been working on that for the past four years and, you know, trying to develop that. And, I mean, still not even, you know, not close to a, you know, amazing skater or a top level skater, but, um, you know, that's something that I, if I continue to work at, you know, I can, uh, you know, definitely get there. Um, you know, I played at some high level games and, um, I've been able to keep up with the pace. It's not a matter of that. I think it's just how, how I am as a player and I like to slow down the game at times. And, um, that can be perceived as me being, you know, maybe a slower skater or, um, you know, this or that. But uh, I think that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, definitely uh, my skating ability. And um, I think in the past two years, my uh, defensive play has definitely been one of the biggest part of my games that is uh, that I've had a huge transition in um, just from, you know, playing in my D zone uh, below the dots and, um, you know, really playing defense first. So, well, Tanner, when you look at uh, making that jump, to play pro from college hockey or coming from junior or whatever that is guys say that's a really tough jump to make who have you kind of leaned on and 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 sought counsel from to see what you're walking into when you walk into the ahl or to the nhl soon enough yeah um i mean i've talked to you know obviously a couple guys who have been through ohio state and uh kind of been through you know similar things and um you know obviously guys who are at the pro level and you know, guys who have been through it. And, um, you know, they say that, you know, the toughest thing definitely is just the adjustment and speed and uh, the timing of everything and how quick it is. And, um, I mean, I think that's, you know, obviously it's a big adjustment. You know, I think you make adjustments all the time. 
uh, you know, from what you said, uh, the USHL to college career. And then uh, when I went and played a World Juniors, there's another adjustment. And I think uh, if you're a good enough player, you can make those adjustments as the game, uh, you know, goes on. And, um, you know, I think uh, I have the ability to do that. And I think uh, I believe in myself enough to do that. So. Well, what was your World Junior experience like? You played in the World Juniors back in 2017. Um, what, was that uh, one of those things that's very educational, you know, best on best, age appropriate, and and seeing the best players not only in the country but in the world? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for me that was kind of a, you know, a realization that, you know, I can play with these guys. Um, you know, um, on my Ohio State team at the time, you know, I was a you know, top player and um, I was getting a bunch of ice time and, you know, I had to, uh, kind of change my role and, you know, be more versatile on the USA team. You know, I was on the penalty kill and, um, you know, I was, you know, I was on the third and fourth line and I was playing against maybe some of their top lines. And that's kind of when I realized like I can play with these guys and I feel I'm better, uh, if not better than some of these guys. And, um, you know, and I thought, you know, that was kind of a, kind of a wake-up call to myself is you know I have the ability to do this and you know I can see this uh really being in my future so when did you when did you realize you were different because to be a pro athlete to get drafted to play d1 at a big school big 10 school like Ohio State um you're you're one of an elite hockey player at a young age when did you realize like well maybe I'm a little different than anybody else maybe I can make a go at this and have a good successful pro career and then fall back on my degree down the road. What age were you, and, and how did you come to that realization? Um, I'd probably say my second year in the USHL was kind of when, um, you know, my first year in the USHL was kind of a struggle. Um, you know, I kind of had some frustrations, thought I should have been playing more. Um, you know, I was a younger guy in the league, and um, like I said, I was more of an immature, frustrated, you know, young kind of teenager. Um And then during my second year, I kind of, you know, I kind of just said, you know, I'm tired of it. I'll just, you know, I'm just going to have a big off season work, you know, work my butt off. And, um, that's what, that's what I did. I gained probably 15 to 20 pounds in one off season. And then, you know, I ended up, you know, kind of, you know, being the go-to guy in my team the next year. And, uh, you know, I think that's a big thing, um, is, you know, the confidence and, playing with a great deal of confidence and that's what I was doing and I I think that was the biggest thing for me was uh you know after that year and then I got drafted and then I you know kind of had that belief in myself that I can do this and you know I do see this as a future for myself yeah just to even get to the USHL is a big deal when you're in Bantam were you just shredding yeah I mean you know obviously I had a lot of good players on my Bantam team uh you know I've I play with, you know, Nick Schmaltz, uh, Christian Dvorak, Christian Fisher, um, you know, a bunch of guys who, you know, are in the NHL right now. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, it was frustrating because, you know, I was such a good Batum player, um, I thought. And, you know, and then these guys move on and they move on and, you know, they're in the NHL and stuff. And, you know, I guess uh, the developmental side of things is different, you know they definitely uh, developed at earlier stages than me and, you know, it might've taken me a little bit more time, but uh, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, it's fun. Uh, you know, it's awesome seeing those guys in the NHL right now. And, uh, you know, obviously having uh, very successful careers. Yeah. Great tier one program in that Chicago, Illinois area as well. Uh, let's, let's talk about 
when you signed the deal, uh, you know, conversations with Chuck Fletcher and your impression of of this Flyers team under Elaine Vigneault. Does it lend to your style of play, uh, the, the type of, you know, heavy forecheck and, uh, you know, up and down the ice uh, to, to, to put pressure on teams? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, that's that's kind of style that's, uh, you know, I mean, we've been playing at Ohio State, uh, you know, that's what we always preach is, you know, forecheck, get in on guys, uh, heavy. I think that's kind of what resonates with me is, you know, that's the type of game I play is a heavy game. Um, you know, I might not be the you know, most physical guy, but uh, I'm heavy on pucks. Uh, you know, I try to not lose any one-on-one battles. Um, you know, if the puck's near me, I don't want to lose the puck. And, um, you know, protecting the puck, I think that's one of my biggest uh, facets. Um, you know, my game below the dots. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that kind of resonates with me and the type of player I am. And, you know, that's exciting for me as a player. Last thing for you, Tanner, and thanks for doing this. Um, you know, it's a, it's a weird time right now, obviously in our world and preparing for your first pro season. What can you do at this time when we're kind of under restrictions and what do you want to accomplish this summer when you head into that training camp and get a chance to, to get out there on the ice and, and uh, show this uh, coaching staff, show this organization where you're at right now in your game. Yeah, obviously, like you said, it's kind of a weird situation right now. I mean, um, you know, as far as, you know, where I am and everything's closed down and you don't know kind of how long everything's closed down. So it's kind of a, like you said, a tricky situation. But, you know, I'm trying to make the best out of uh, what I got here and, you know, whether it be going on runs and, you know, creating my own workouts and, um, you know, I got guys here that, you know, we can push each other and, um, you know, so be it. But, uh, you know, the main thing is I'm just looking for um, to outwork guys. You know, the biggest thing for me is I want to be in the best shape when I get to camp. And, um, you know, I think uh, by having a big summer and, you know, doing whatever it takes and really, um, like I said, just trying to get in the best shape I've ever been, I think that'd be the biggest thing for me because, um, I think I have another gear and, um, you know, if I can get to that next gear, then I think, uh, I'll be able to show the coaches what I can, you know, what I got, uh, in the full tank and stuff. And, um, you know, that I can't outwork and I can't compete at that level. So will you get on the ice right away when you're able to and stay on the ice for the remainder oh, of the summer? Yeah. Um, hundred percent. I mean, you know, it's already been probably two close to two weeks since I've been on the ice. So, um, you know, once ice is available, I'll definitely, you know, be on the ice as soon as possible. And then, you know, I'll try to stay on the ice probably, you know, three times a week, four times a week. And then, um, you know, get, obviously get uh, workouts in every day. And, you know, like I said, just trying to get in uh, top condition. So. It's, it's really bizarre, isn't it? When you go, you, the go, go, go of a season, and then all of a sudden you take your skates off one night and they're like, you can't come back to the rink for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever it's going to yeah. be. It's hard as yeah, an athlete to just shut that down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that's the crazy part is you you really don't know when you're going to be able to you know <laughs> you know go back on the ice, um, you know, because there's really no timetable for this thing. I mean, they say you know it might be two weeks or it might be three, but in reality, you really don't know. You know, it could be a week from now, it could be a month and a half from now. Um, so that's kind of the you know the unknown of it all. But uh, and it, obviously, for me, I'm hoping it's sooner than later and. You know, I'm, I'm eager to, you know, get out back on the ice and, you know, kind of work on my game and stuff. So, 
Yeah, well, that's well said, Tanner. You and everybody else, we can't wait till, till you're back on the ice, till everybody's back on the ice, the game's back on the ice, and you know, looking forward to uh, uh, putting this whole pandemic in the rearview mirror. Hey, thanks for doing this, man. Best of luck uh, with training this summer, and, and you know, best of luck with the beginning of your pro career. We'll be watching and uh, rooting for you as well. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Special thanks to James Van Riemsdyk and Tanner Lisinski joining us here on Flyers Daily, all under uh, stay-at-home orders and all doing the right things uh, to make sure that they are social distancing and trying to put an end to this pandemic here uh, around the world globally, as a matter of fact, and uh, everybody doing their part to, to try and stay in shape and keep working out at home. And uh, certainly bizarre situation, and uh, uh, it's a catastrophe, and it's just it's, it's horrible what's going on in our world right now. Uh, but thanks to those two for taking the time to join us here on Flyers Daily. Again, Matt Niskanen's player profile episode will be coming up on Friday. In the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening. If you had not subscribed uh, to Flyers Daily yet, or Flyers Fix for that matter, make sure you do so. And uh, also leave, leave us a rating and review. We would really appreciate that as well. Everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and thanks for listening to Flyers Daily.